You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 143. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here today. How are you enjoying your summer? For those of you listen to this show linearly, we just celebrated the 4th of July. And of course, if you're in the United States of America, because so many of you are not. Um, So we did just celebrate our uh, nation's independence. And if you pay attention to anything that's going on in the news over um, in this side of the world, clearly we have uh, a lot of um, things to discuss with one another and a lot of things to work through and um, begin to communicate uh, with more effectively. And I think we've covered some of these um, topics. You know, we did stimulus last week and discussed the stimulus choice reaction response being emotionally reactive versus emotionally grounded. We've been discussing empathy, communication, values, stigma. Um, adult versus kid ego, six human needs. We've covered some amazing, amazing topics in this show over the last um, couple months. And I get inquiries about why I don't discuss more about how to study better and, you know, how to, um, you know, organize class scheduling or talk to advisors or financial aid and commitments and things of that nature. And um, this show is called College Success Habits, and people will be like, I want you know to know the habits I can create to be successful in college when it comes to um, talking with my professors or being able to uh, organize my schedule and things of that nature. And I believe I've covered some of that stuff pretty well. So those of you who've written me, uh, well, let's address this real fast. When I first got into life coaching, recovery coaching, all of this stuff, something that I came across was a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And in this book, the authors discuss how success in life is strongly related to someone's emotional intelligence. And that actual intelligence, while it does play a role in people's success and the varieties of jobs they might be interested in or be able to achieve and attain and be successful in, emotional intelligence will have a very, very strong indicator of a person's overall success in life. When we discuss successful habits in college, this isn't just having a really well laid out, you know, calendar for the day. This isn't just getting up at six in the morning, going to the gym or, you know, doing something healthy, meditating, journaling, whatever it is that you might do for your morning routine, for your self-care. Then going to class and taking good notes and asking good questions or hell, asking any questions at all. And then, you know, going and studying a little bit, getting a little lunch, do more classes, go home, study, prepare, do your own normal thing. Like that's, that's trance. That's stuff that one, um, we've been doing for years. I mean, you graduated high school, you know what it's like to study, you know what it's like to dedicate time to it. What we're really focusing on here is emotional intelligence and, and what it takes to keep yourself 
on schedule, on point, is there's a lot of variables to the college experience. There's a lot of things going on on these university campuses that can take your attention away from why you're there. You're there to get a degree. Overall, you went there to get this degree to prepare yourself for a career that will set you up to have the life and the lifestyle you desire. That's just the way that it is no matter what country you're going and taking higher education classes in. It doesn't matter if you're Spain or Uganda, United States, if you're New Zealand. You go to college to learn things to go off and get a career. Now, that's awesome. But the fundamentals of how to be an adult, the fundamentals of how to have emotional intelligence, how to lead a highly successful life outside of the classroom, there's not enough information about this. When I went to research for writing my College Success Habits book, The Seven Powerful Principles, one of the things that I noticed was that there were shelf after shelf after shelf of books on how to get into college, SATs, ACTs, how to write your uh, your uh, your letters to uh, whenever you're putting in your applications, the whole deal, right? And stumbling on words. I can, I can picture this bookshelf in my head. It's like, here's how you're going to write your application letter, and here's how you're going to do your essays, and this is what you need to be doing with your social media so you don't look like a moron. It was all, all these books. There were so few books about what to do once you actually get into college, what you can be doing while you're there. A lot of books of, uh, and I say a lot, out of, out of the 20 or 30 or so that would have fit my genre, which is what to do once you're in college and beyond, I'd say at least a third of them were dedicated to the freshman experience. As if that's the only time that we're going to have issues in our college life. There's going to be so many things that are going to pop up, whether it's day one or day 2000, that are going to have an impact on you. And so this is why we cover the topics that we do. There are tens and tens and tens and there are hundreds of books on how to get into college. There are, uh, I was on a podcast recently that just strictly talks about the economy and the income and the financial aid aspect of going to university. And it's a wonderful show. I very much enjoyed being a part of it. You can Google my name, Jesse Mogul, College Success Habits. It'll come up and you can go listen to that because I went on there and I talked about emotional intelligence because there are other people who will be more than happy to write blog posts about when to study, how to study. You know, there's four or five different ways you can be taking notes. There's old Roman numeral style. There's mind mapping. There's all these different ways. There's a ton of information on that. I don't need to be recovering something that's already been covered so many times. There, however, is not a lot of shows like mine that are covering the emotional intelligence aspect of it so that we understand how to actually become this adult that we strive to be, knowing full well that we're attempting to become something that we were probably not raised by, that we have not seen a lot in society. What we see on the news is fear-mongering. We see divisiveness because that's what sells. That's what's going to sell on news. They want you to be afraid, so you sit there and stare at the TV for four days watching the, la- the latest you know, gun shooting massacre or the latest political protest or the latest thing that some politician said in some faraway place that will literally have so little impact on your life, but you need to be afraid of it, so you keep watching. So you keep clicking. 
So you go on the internet and search. So you stare at your phone for 16 hours a day, afraid of other things happening away from you that you have no control over, rather than looking up from your phone and realizing what you have control over is everything around you. Not what is happening, but how you're experiencing it. See, you can't control the sun, the moon. You can't control somebody else's anger when they walk into the classroom upset about traffic or that they didn't read the syllabus correctly and they're not prepared for the group assignment. You can't control that, but you can control yourself. You can control your emotions. You control your actions, right? You can dictate um, how you're going to allow the thoughts that come into your mind to direct your day. These are things that you can control, and this is why we focus on this. One, again, as I've just mentioned, there's not a lot of people doing it. And two, I think it's way more important overall than making sure your schedule is completely figured out for the day or that, you know, I'm studying for 45 minutes on this, and then I'm going to take a 15-minute break, and then I'm going to study for 45 minutes on that. Great. Go Google the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro. It's spelled how it sounds. P O M O. D-O-R-O, Pomodoro. There might be an A in there. It doesn't matter. Google will help you figure it out. There's other things about that, but there's not a lot talking about this. And it's so important to me because I look back. I came in to college. You know, I was top 10 in my, in my graduating class. I was a smart kid. I took all honors English classes my last semester outside of one geometry class I had to take, which I got a C in. I got straight A pluses in all my English classes. I clearly knew my career was going to be in languages and not mathematics. Now, for my American listeners, you may not be familiar with the fact that over in European countries, at a young age, they will actually have you take tests that will determine, are you going into the sciences fields? Or are you going into the languages fields? And uh, whether I'm using the correct terms or not, my European listeners will certainly know whether I am or am not. I do understand the philosophy behind it. Like some people are meant for math-based careers and other people are meant for non-math based careers and I was certainly one of those people meant for the non-math based careers. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, a journalist, a photographer, a writer. I wanted to be in plays. These are the kind of things that I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to sit and do, I don't know, Pythagorean's theorem all day long. Now, whatever you ultimately decide to to do and to study in college, right? Like I did. I got there and I was ready to go. I was ready to take all these classes and become a sports broadcaster. And I had no doubt I'd have been great at that. Problem was, is I wasn't emotionally intelligent. I wasn't able to look at my life and realize that what my parents did with the divorce right before college started and the trauma and the sadness and the emotions I wasn't aware of how to handle when I was younger Um, we're now going to show up and be even more vivid and real in my life in college. And now with all the added stressors, and then there was no parental supervision. And next thing you know, I'm in a fraternity and there's beer. And the the next thing you know, I'm a party animal. And I wasn't going to school anymore. And that's what this show is begun to focus on almost after the first 20 or 30 episodes. I know I did some on syllabuses and stuff back in the day, but once COVID hit, I realized it's it's the mental health, it's the emotional intelligence of all of this. So today, we are going to go over some of the ways that I think it's very important to be paying attention to 
your habits. This show is called College Success Habits because obviously I'm gearing it towards those of you in college. I want you to be successful. And I know it's because of habits that we are or are not perceiving ourselves as successful. All right, we've discussed how you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. And your habits will dictate who you are. If, other, if people say otherwise, they're incorrect. Very rarely will I say other people are incorrect, but your habits will dictate who you are. Your habits will create who you become. Your, they're your habits. They're your actions. It's up to you to make sure that you are okay, that you are happy with where your habits are leading you. Now, what's really fun is as I was putting my show notes together for this, I remembered there was a quote about discipline and habits and, and about acts and stuff. So I went and I, I Googled it. And the quote um, is, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but it's a habit. Now, some of you have, have heard that before, right? Because it's attributed to Aristotle. And what was really cool is that the article that popped up when I Googled for this actually had discovered that it was not Aristotle who wrote that. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. It was actually uh, first written in like 1920-something by Will Durant uh, in a book he wrote called The Story of Philosophy, where he discussed lots of philosophers over time and their basic philosophies of life. So um, Aristotle was not the one who said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. It was Will Durant. Um, again, you know, Aristotle was writing everything in Greek and probably some version of Latin. So therefore, how it would have translated wouldn't have been that clear cut. Regardless of you know, that it's not Aristotle and that it is Will Durant, we are what we repeatedly do. And therefore, excellence um, is, is not an act, but it's a habit. What habits are you creating in your life that are leading you to success? And success can be what you want your success to be. I've got some people in my world who will say, you got to get up at five in the morning, you got to get your workout in, you got to meditate, you got to journal, you got to get all this stuff done before seven or 7.30, right? And then you get to work and you work your butt off all day and blah, 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 blah. And I got other people who are like, Psh, I sleep till 11, I get up, I do whatever I got to do and I get all my work done, you know, between 9 p.m. and two in the morning. Whatever works for you, then allow that to dictate when you get up. I like to work into the night. I was painting my nightstands last night till almost midnight. Then I organized my office, organized my bathroom, cleaned up my closet a little bit. And before I was even ready to sit down and watch, you know, the final episode of Stranger Things, um, it was like 1.30, 1.45 in the morning. So by three, I had to stop it because it's two and a half hours. <laughs> and then I was back up again at 8.30. But that works for me. I can't do multiple days back to back to back on only five hours of sleep, but there are some days that I can. And I understand that about myself. I knew that this morning I had to get up. I had some admin stuff to take care of. I had to discuss some stuff with my accountant. I had to work on some social media stuff for one of the clients I have. And then I organized the podcast. And now here we are at noon shooting it. And I've been able to accomplish quite a lot since my feet hit the ground at 8.30 in the morning. But it works for me. What works for you? I knew exactly what I needed to do the moment my feet hit the ground. So it wasn't like I was going to sit on the couch and, and stare at the television for an hour and a half trying to figure it out. 
I knew exactly what needed to happen every single hour uh, from the time I got up until I hit record on the podcast at noon. So what is working for you? That's what's important. If there are days you can sleep in versus days that you cannot, be aware of those. Are there days where you could go out and have a couple drinks with your friends versus days when you should absolutely stay sober? Know about that stuff. I didn't do that. I didn't care what was going on the next day. If somebody was like, hey, we're going to throw in a party. You want to come over? It's like, I'll drink some beer on a Wednesday night. Screw the test tomorrow morning. And that cost me. It cost me my chance at a sports broadcasting career. It cost me my chance to graduate from Ball State University. And while I'm very happy that I ended up at University of Florida and I have a degree there and I've got all those amazing experiences, right? But it it wasn't like my choice. Even though I made the choices to get drunk, even though I made the choices to not study, it wasn't, I was on, I was on autopilot. It's like, this is just what I'm doing. I wasn't even aware of, of making different decisions. It's like, in that moment where as soon as somebody cracked open a beer, it was like I was up and standing right next to him. It didn't matter because I lacked that emotional intelligence to step back and say, okay, what am I making my life out to become right now? Now, there's so many options for information, and I'm very, very honored that you choose me for it. So let's get into some actionable steps that you can be thinking about so you can be monitoring your habits. Because now that we've discussed that excellence is habit, not an act, what are the habits that are creating your excellence? I absolutely look back up mine, you know, wanting to be drinking and having girls and and being the life of the party. That wasn't going to lead me to straight A's at Ball State University. And it did not. It definitely led me to a please exit stage right after my junior year, whenever I got very, very bad grades, um, all D's and an F. That's what, my, that's what my final semester at Ball State University was before they kindly asked me to exit and never come back. Um, luckily, I ended up going to University of Florida and getting A's and B's and getting my GP up to a respectable 3.0, but it wasn't like... Um, let's just say it wasn't easy there either because I continued to drink and drink and drink. And it wasn't until my last two years when I stopped drinking um, almost altogether that I was finally able to pull it together and get that degree. I would prefer you guys don't go through those kind of similar situations, but a lot of alcoholism is started at the university level. It's not saying that people won't kick it up in their 30s or 40s and get into it. And certainly you don't have to go to college to become an alcoholic. But a lot of heavy drinking goes on there. It's almost laughable how much universities, the student body gets excited when their school shows up on the top 20 or top 10 party list. It's like, that means there's a lot of blacked out students on a Thursday night. So let's talk about the habits that you are going to be focusing on moving forward. Because for those of you who listen in high school and you think that's not going to be me, you would be amazed how easily groupthink, mob mentality, and peer pressure will play a role in what you're doing on a Wednesday night versus what you do now while you're in high school on a Wednesday night. Because you want to notice the things in your day that you do that are creating your life. And so I've got this idea of, of, the, um, of the low, mid, and high-tier habits. So when we think about, you know, th- in moving forward now, I want you to start constructing your habits under these three tiers. Nothing else just for the sake of this episode. Do it while you're listening. 
So what are some of the lowest low tier habits that you have? How do you locate these? Right. First and foremost, look for the things that bring you small annoyances in your day. Why do you want to locate the small annoyances in your day? Because if you stack up enough of those in a day, you can have an emotionally triggered moment where by the end of the day, you're like, I just got to have a drink. I just got to go smoke some weed. I just got to go get angry in front of somebody. You can have all these little things. And by the end of the day, you're just like, I'm just spent. I don't want to study. All I want to do is go out and get drunk. Now, for those of you who don't like people talking about alcohol to high school or middle school kids, and I certainly know I've got listeners in those age ranges, this is the real world. The internet exists. It, these people, whether they're 12 years old or 18 years old, you know about alcohol. You know about what the college life is like. You see it on the internet. So I would recommend that parents start having conversations about how to handle emotional um, reactions and how they're going to help their child become emotionally intelligent. So on a Monday night, they're not looking to get wasted. Instead, they're looking to go work out or sit down, breathe a little bit, and sit and, and crack open the books. If you try to act like alcohol doesn't exist, <laughs> most certainly it does. And if you're not willing to talk to your kids about it, don't worry. Thousands upon thousands of other kids out there, their peers, are more than willing to talk to them about it for you. So what are you doing throughout your day? What are these little habits that are creating these annoyances in your life that could lead to feeling exhausted by the end of the day? Willpower is great and all, but it's not, it, it, it is not an inexhaustible resource within you. First thing in the morning, it's easy to say, you know, no to sugar, no to a beer. It's too early in the morning. I got to eat something healthy and I got to get to class. But by the end of the day, when your willpower is burned through, next thing you know, when you should be studying at night, you're out drinking with your friends or eating a whole pizza and watching television. So what are these little annoyances in your life that are actually habits that you've created that you're not aware of? Some of the little annoyances that I've I've noticed that I've fixed, and I use air quotes here, fixed in my life, are things like, where do I keep my keys? Is my backpack, is my computer bag ready to go? Do I know the layout of my day? Do I have my schedule oriented? Do I know the first couple things I'm doing every morning when I wake up so I have direction for my day? If you're searching all over your apartment for your keys or you're scrambling to throw everything that you need in your backpack as as your bus, whether you're in high school or college, I remember taking a bus to my college campus at UF for years, there's going to be a bus. And you know that last one. You know the last one you can get before you know you're going to be late to, to school. And if you're scrambling to get all your stuff together in that backpack and you forget your earbuds, you forget your house keys, you forget your phone, something important, now you're on campus and you're nowhere near those things. Right? Do you know what you're eating first thing in the morning? Are you even eating? Are you intermittent fasting like me? So you don't have to worry about food, but did you pack something? Or do you have money to buy something at the quad? Right? Do you have your notes organized? Do you know what you're going to be wearing the next morning? Do you know what the weather is going to be so that you, if you leave and all, all of a sudden you know, a storm rolls in and the temperature drops 20 degrees, you're not walking around in shorts and a t-shirt when clearly jeans and a sweater or a hoodie would have been a better idea. These little annoyances, knowing about the traffic congestion on your way to school and having alternate routes to get there, these little annoyances may just seem like something you couldn't plan for, like just life being life. But 
you can plan for these things. You can have a hook by your front door or a bowl that you put your keys in. Before you go to bed at night, you can pack up your backpack. You can check the weather and have a couple outfit ideas laid out. All right, you can go to bed um, at a decent hour instead of staring at TikTok or Instagram reels for the last hour of your night so that you don't wake up tired and hit snooze four times and now you're sprinting down the street trying to catch the last bus. You can show up with your notes organized or with a lunch already prepared. These are the little annoyances, right? The dishes in the sink that you've asked your roommate not to do 16 times in a row. These are the kind of conversations. These are the kind of moments in your life where if you can get these little annoyances, these little resistances to a smooth day under control, you won't find yourself so exhausted at the end of the day when you want to be focused on studying or going to your club meetings or whatever it might be that's outside of a bar and getting intoxicated. It's going to be these little annoyances that are going to add up and at the end of the day exhaust you. So start noticing the little habits that you have. Where do you keep your shoes and your clothes? I mean, I could rattle on. Do you make your bed? You should. It just makes the room look more organized. I'm not your mom here. I'm not trying to tell you you got to make your bed every day. But at least like throw the blanket, straighten it up a little bit. Make the pillows a little bit more organized. If you walk in your room at 5 in the afternoon and it looks like you just a pig just wallowed around in your bed, right? there's, a, there's just a level of disorganization going on there that's going to cause your mind to feel disorganized. And now all of a sudden you're going to want to study, but instead your mind's going to be disorganized because your environment appears disorganized. So don't have clutter everywhere in your computer desk overwhelmed with candy wrappers and old soda cans. Like clean up for the goodness sakes. And that's a great segue to your mid-tier habits. What are your mid-tier habits? Do you keep your apartment clean? Do you keep your desk clean, your room clean? Do you make your bed? doesn't sound like a big deal, but I'm telling you, if you don't make your bed regularly, just start doing it for seven straight days. And tell me that you don't feel more organized and calm when you walk into your room. I put a great deal of effort into making the bed the way the girlfriend likes the bed to be made. Now, I normally would have just you know thrown, a, thrown the blankets over, sort of straightened up the pillows. It's good. At least the blanket's flat and you don't see like a crumpled sheet underneath it. She's meticulous like she was once a maid at a hotel. Like she's got a whole corner thing we got to do. We got this fancy duvet that we don't even use when we sleep. It's just something fancy on the bed with fancy pillows that match the fancy duvet. <laughs> and it's a whole thing. But she likes it. And you know what? The room looks super cool when I walk into it in the middle of the day. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a nice bed. The room is clean when the bed is made. Right? Do you vacuum? Do you keep things around you clean? What is your sleep schedule? Are you at least going to bed around the same time? Right? We're not asking for it to be you know, exactly the exact same time. You know, There's going to be some nights where 10 o'clock is good or midnight or 3 in the morning. It's going to happen. But do you have a general sleep schedule, a circadian rhythm? These are those mid-tier habits. What's your communication strategy like? Do you get angry and, and upset with people really quickly? Or are you able to take a beat, take a couple breaths, take three seconds before you respond when you feel emotionally triggered? like we talked about in last week's episode, right? What's your vice consumption? How often do you drink, right? It's, it's, these are the habits that go from mid-tier to 
big time tier to high tier if left unchecked. Right in my list here, I, you know, I've got these mid tier habits really succinctly listed out as things like coffee, caffeine, working out, eating, drinking, not drinking booze, but drinking water over soda pop all the time. These are those mid tier habits that begin to form your high tier habits. Right? It's it's really the what are you putting into your body? What is your body going to feel like throughout the day? Because if your body feels run down or ragged, it's going to cause your mind to feel sluggish. Your mind feels sluggish. Now you're depleting your willpower reserves. And next thing you know, you're finding yourself munching down a whole bag of chips or bag of cookies or drinking a 12-pack on a Tuesday night when what you really wanted to be doing was preparing for the test next week. These mid-tier habits of things that you ingest in your body, right? How many hours of sleep that you're, that you're getting. You want to be paying attention to these mid-tier habits. Do you sit out on the couch and talk with your roommates for 45 minutes when that was 45 minutes you could have been studying? So now you've chit-chatted with them for 45 minutes and then you go in there, you don't have as much time to study because then you got to eat dinner and you got to go to work and there's all these things. And it's like if you had just been like, hey, what's up, guys? We got a lot going on today. I'll catch up with you later. And you went and kept with your schedule. Your schedule is that we discussed in the low-tier habits, like how it organizes it, what are you doing throughout your day, that begins to create your mid-tier habits of the things that you're doing with your actual physical body. Again, what are you ingesting beverage-wise, food-wise, and physical activity? Be very mindful of these mid-tier ones. They're the ones that are very obvious. You'll have to get your physical body up and go do things in order to achieve them. Whereas these low-tier ones could literally just be things that you've already done, misplaced your keys or didn't check the weather. These are, uh, these are things that those little annoyances, these ones we're discussing now mid-tier style, they become the, the bigger ones, the bigger ones that make up the big ones. Because when we go into these big-time, high-tier habits of your sleep schedule, your communication strategy, your vice consumption, your physical activity, your study time, your social time, Who are you hanging out with? Some book once said that you are a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. So these are your high-tier habits. These are the ones that begin to really create your life. And they're made up of the low and mid-tier habits. So when you step back and think, okay, what are some big-time habits that I want to be monitoring right now? Right, Where you park your car, right? that's a low-tier habit because that could... You know, it could be really far away from campus, and now all of a sudden you have to plan for that in order to make it to class on time. Or it could just be something as simple as making sure that you're not getting stuck behind a line of traffic at 9 in the morning because everybody's going to campus like you are. These are those low-tier habits that all of a sudden create your, your, your time management, which is begins to create your middle and high-tier habits. As we wrapped up this episode... I really want you to step back from your life and ask yourself, what are the habits that you've created that are, that are, that are becoming the foundation of the life that you are manifesting for yourself? I've gone over some of them today, right? It's going to require a level of self-awareness, which we've talked about before of, of looking and noticing at the things that you repeatedly do. 
And pretty much, and again, I've read a lot of books on this. They all want to say something between like 70 and 90% of your life is all habits. It's somewhere around there. And that's a lot. Imagine if every seven to nine actions you took, things you did out of 10 were habitual. Seven to nine out of 10. That only leaves three to one thing you would do out of 10 that would be something outside of a a habit. And even that, I believe, if chunked up high enough, could be associated with a habit. Why you leave your backpack unkept, why you leave your room unkept might have something to do with how strict your parents were about making you keep your room clean and now you want to go against it. Or you keep your room super clean because your parents kept a super dirty house or vice versa. You're just modeling their behavior or going against their behavior. So many things about your life just come down to what you've seen and what you've repeated enough times that it just becomes secondary nature for yourself. We're going to wrap up on energy. There's a story I was talking with one of my uh, mentors yesterday, and he was talking about the tuning fork metaphor. If you have a tuning fork, two tuning forks, and those are used in music, right? You can bang it on a table and it makes a sound. Um, If you have a tuning fork and you bang one of them on the table and it creates a sound, even if you don't bang the other tuning fork on the table, that tuning fork will pick up the frequency. It'll pick up the vibration from the other tuning fork, and it will begin to ring at the same vibration and frequency. Now, is this relevant to what we've just discussed? When you are spending time around people who are constantly negative or angry or late or or flustered, if you're spending time around other people whose tuning fork is not set at the highest vibration and frequency, you are picking up on that. And no matter how much energy and willpower and discipline and habits you have that you think will be able to offset the energy they're putting out, at some point, that energy is going to get into you. And it may not be the first day or the first month, but over month after month after month, if you've got somebody in your life whose tuning fork is vibrating at a frequency that's not befitting what you would like your tuning fork to be vibrating at, you're going to want to monitor that. You're going to want to be aware of it, and you're going to want to put effort into deciding whether you want to continue to spend time with that person. I get that for a lot of you, you get thrusted into situations where you don't get to determine your roommate, especially if you're a freshman and you're going into a dorm. That doesn't mean you have to spend a ton of time with them. It absolutely, positively means that you know, you already know you can't control them, but you can control the way you react and respond to them. Your habits are your habits. If somebody in your apartment is drinking booze all the time, that does not mean you have to join them. Someone sitting around smoking pot all the time, playing video games, does not mean you have to become that. Again, some people might frown on me discussing alcohol and drugs, but we know it's there, we know it exists, and if you're not willing to talk to your friends and and your kids or your family members about this stuff, don't worry, society will take care of it for you. Whether you're getting ready to go to college and you just found me and you're super pumped or whether you've already been there a couple years and you're looking to shift some habits, this is what we talk about on this show. 
I created an entire hub, an entire online uh, world where I teach you how you take in the world and how it creates the reality you believe you're living in, in your mind, and thus the reality you begin to act out in your actual life. I talk about how to create habits, how to form better habits, how your six human needs are literally what's driving every single decision in your life. These are the habits that are being formed. Do you care about certainty versus uncertainty, significance, contribution, love, personal growth and development? Where are you in your world? Because these, these unconscious drivers are what are fueling the decisions you make. Excellence is a habit. It is not one act. Any athlete, anybody who's ever accomplished anything will tell you it took them thousands and thousands and thousands of days, one after another, stacked up on top of one another to create the skyscraper of a life that you have now seen and bear witness to on television or at a live event. Nobody just picked up a guitar and became John Mayer. Nobody just picked up a football and became you know, uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. It took lots and lots of practice. You can take on that same kind of mentality in your own life. You just have to make the decision to be self-aware about your habits and then brave enough to change the ones that are no longer serving you. If you'd like to know more information about The Hub, how to actually work directly with me, please go to jessemogul.com forward slash The Hub or hit me up on any of my social media channels. I'm the only Jesse Mogul out there. It's not hard to find me. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.